planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Welcome back to Rabbit Noise on Rabbit Radio. Joining me on the program now is Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Thrash Legends Overkill. How's it going, man? Hey, Nev, what do you say? On the other side of the world, but uh, probably uh, still both of us under one metal flag here, huh? Yeah, damn right, man. Damn right. (laughs) Well, uh, your new album, White Devil Armory, is set to be unleashed in July, but I've been lucky enough to hear it, and I think it's definitely going to be... Uh, making huge waves when it drops. Did you have a good feeling about it when you were going in and writing the album? You know, I don't, I don't know if the, if, you know, if the feeling when you're writing it is, you know, anywhere near the feeling of being completed with it. But you know, the idea is that you go in to win. So I mean, you're you're always rolling out your best tanks and you know, with the thickest armor and the, you know, you you, you have your best guns and you put all your your you know your ducks in a row and and you go in as best you can. And then I think that probably based on experience, uh, and then also based on that kind of youthful exuberance or excitement, you know, you combine the two and you're probably going to get good results. So sure, there was excitement, but not necessarily from the point of view of saying, oh, this is going to be a killer. It's more about, let's say, the opportunity, uh, squeezing the shit out of that opportunity and making it happen. Awesome, man. Well, I definitely think it's a killer album, and I, I know your fans are going to love it too. So what's the meaning behind the album title? Well, there really isn't any. I mean, it's just, it's just creation. You know, it, it's about imagery. Um, I think that, you know, with my end of the writing being... I don't know, kind of the wordsmith in this band and, and, and Didi being more, uh, the creator of the riff and the music, uh, him and then having it go through Dave Linsk and, and Ron Lipnicki that, you know, to be able to create images with words is kind of what it's all about. I mean, the band doesn't go after uh, politics or social issues, uh, et cetera, et cetera. What we're really writing about is emotion, um, and imagery. And Didi was enamored with the word <clears throat> armory. And I said, man, that's a great start, but I don't think it's enough. And we started going back and forth, and the adjectives were flying, and the expletives, and the, you know, and we're thinking to ourselves, is it a color? Is it a number? And I, I think I scratched it down on a telephone bill one day on the back of it, and I was looking at it next to my computer, um, saying, man, that is just there's something about that that is just dirty and fast and <laughs> clandestine, and and I think that that's kind of the beauty of it for us is that it's really our own creation. You know, when I started messing around afterwards, I mean, you, you obviously Google it to, to make sure that you haven't taken somebody else's thing. And I could come up with no white devil armories, you know, a few white devil images on uh, on Google, etc. But very, very few references to regard to what we were doing with it. So it was about that imagery and then took that imagery and then kind of created the emotions that follow it. You know, starting off with uh, the song Armorist, uh, let's say that army of one kind of a thing. So it became the thread, you know, through the tune, uh, through all of uh, Ten Tunes was uh, that White Devil Armory images that we had in our head. Awesome. Yeah, well, it's an awesome name. I, I love it. it. It does spark a lot of, you know, imagination 
this is your 17th studio album, which is, it's very rare to hear of bands these days, isn't it? Like, most bands seem to get to album number five if they're lucky before they split and hate each other or just fall away. And do you think it's the industry or the fact that the bands don't work like they used to? Well, you know, I, I, I can only speak for us and I can tell you some of our philosophies. And, you know, the first philosophy is you got to enjoy this stuff. Um, I think the second thing is you got to put the people first. And the third is as much as you enjoy it and as much as you work hard, don't take yourself too fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, you start wrapping yourself into all of that stuff. I'm a hell of a lot more important than I am because I'm, I'm in a band. It's, it's just obviously not the truth. I, I think Overkill have always been able to keep two feet on the ground and say, you know something, we were fans of this shit before we were actually in this band. And it kind of gives us wings. You know, it's not the... You know, it's not that, you know, I'm going to sit there and tell people how to live. I'm their departure from how they live. They all know how to live. (laughs) And if I start taking myself too seriously as, you know, because for some reason I love this excitement that that qualifies me to, for instance, speak about how others should live. There's a ridiculousness to that. So I think that Overkill's freedom or uh, or ability and staying power and tenacity is really based on purity. And that purity is why do you do this? Well, we do it because we really like to do it. And I think at the end of the day, that's what kind of shines through here as opposed to, you know, me telling you this is the best thing since canned beer, sliced bread, you know, uh, intercontinental flights. Who gives a fuck? It's a heavy metal band, man. You like it or you don't like it. Get on board or get the fuck out. It's really, really fucking simple, but we're enjoying it. And I think that that's what gives us the legs. Awesome, man. Well, going back over your life and uh, amazing career, you know, it, it really seems like you've been to hell and back and you've just triumphed. What would you say it is that, you know, has kept that fire in your heart to keep you going after all these years? Well, you know, I mean, mean, there's a couple of reasons, and you're right. I mean, we've had our trials and tribulations, but, you know, if you take a little of the answer I gave you prior to this, you know, it's just people. So everybody's got their crosses to bear, you Mm. know, whether it be in a band, you know, where it can be a semi-public like this um, or whether it can be in a private life. So, you know, I think it's just understanding life, and and that's the, the understanding behind being able to, continue on through this so, so the bad times only make the good times better if the bad times beat you uh then you have a then you have a problem i i i i know that it's funny because i'm thinking of the second song and, and the second song is called down to the bone mm. and and dd and i uh have this expression that we use and it came from dd and it was a it's about we use it, it's about a boxer, you know, and he keeps getting hit and he keeps getting hit and he keeps getting hit. And Didi gets down on one knee like this, and he's pretending he's talking to the boxer, he goes, Just stay down. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets up again. <laughs> so, so I think that somewhere in there is that uh probably that mentality, uh uh with regard to loving it, uh and loving the fight, uh loving the game. Uh, but also having that opportunity and squeezing the shit out of it. You know, one more punch. Oh, man, you just, uh, you're right, man. You just got to keep going and just love it, you know? You know, it, you know, my, my wife and I import chocolates, right? I'm in a heavy metal, man. 
and guy comes up to me on the street. He goes, "Hey, Blitz, how's it going?" I said, you, "You're fucking kidding me, right?" I'm, I'm in a band and I import chocolates. How bad could this be? <laughs> that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> you got to put all things in perspective. <laughs> well, you know, I've uh, spoken to a lot of younger bands of late that seem to draw a lot of their influences from older bands, more so from, you know, the stuff of recent times. Why do you think that is? Can you give me any names and addresses? I'm starting to collect royalties from these people. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that, actually. I'll I'll do that. (laughs) I love the the forearm guys, and I like Danny very much. I know he's left the band recently, and uh, we've done a tour with them. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I just like their tenacity and, and, uh, uh, you know, we were talking one day and I said, man, you got a lot of that old school in you, you know, and he was telling me, you know, that's what kind of molded his stuff, even though it was uh, a predecessor to him, you know, even being a young teen, the shit, you know, you know, was happening before that, but he went back and found it. And I think a lot of those young bands do. And I think for, you know, to, to some degree, what ends up happening is that they start bringing in younger fans who like the forearms, the warbringers, the suicidal angels, the gamma bombs, you know, I mean, it goes on and on and on. These thrash bands, Lost Society, you know, from, from Finland we've toured with. And I think for, for old guys like us, it's, it's, it's very necessary to be paying fucking attention to this because if you want to grow your legions, you're not going to be growing them with 55 year old thrash fans. You, you want to bring in the 18 to 25 year olds. And I think that they've created an interest for the younger group. Uh, the younger group now wants to see where it comes from. So, uh, you know, the forearm guys go out with Testament and Overkill. You know, uh, Warbringer goes out with Exodus uh, or, or Death Angel. And Gamma Bomb goes out with, uh, you know, pick another one from, from our era. And I think that all benefit from it because the younger bands get the older fans looking at them saying, hey, you know, these guys got some teeth. And then the younger fans look at the older bands and go, oh, now I get it. I see where this shit came from. So I think that really what it is is something that is a, a great configuration to a, a present-day healthy scene by having the young and the old involved together. Oh, for sure. And, you know, as I said, you know, I talk about a, a lot of these younger bands and I ask them what their influences are and, you know, they'll say Overkill and Testament and, uh, you know, Creator and all these bands. And, and you'll ask them, how would you get into it? And it's either... You know, because they've uh, gone back and and discovered it, or their older pe- brother, or their parents, or something like mm-hmm. that. And it seems like it's something that it's it's not going to ever stop. Where commercial music, it doesn't have that that passion like you know metal does. Well, this is not disposable. I mean, that's one of the great things about it. That's it's a value that's transcended generations. Mm. I mean, it's it it's hard to throw away something that has purity to it. And, you know, as we were talking earlier in the interview, you know, why do we do this? Well, there's obviously, you know, there's pure motivations. You know, the the, the first motivation is love of doing this. It, it's not love of celebrity. It's not love of money. It's not, you know, it, it's not being motivated by one of the seven deadly sins. It's being motivated by our addiction to it like junkies. You know, somebody mm. asked me, what are you, you going to do if, uh, you know, you don't do this? I said, dude, I've been chasing a high that I got back in 1983. I've been chasing it for fucking 31 years, for God's sake. You know, (laughs) that's what I do. Well, what would you do if you didn't? I said, I'd probably be dead in a couple of months. I said, you know, this is, this is, 
May now. So it's it's not about, oh, well, that was a good business move and, and this and that. The motivation or the first step is always that purity. And uh, once you get a taste of it, you just, you're right. You can't stop. It's, yeah, yeah. you know, no matter how, how old you get or whatever, it's, it, it will always be there. You know, I'm, I'm the same as a muso. It's, you know, one show and, and you're spitting. You just keep going. You can't stop. It's, uh, you know, being that, you know, you, you've been, were part of this so many years ago, uh, when all this was starting to happen, would you, would you have thought that you'd have such an, an effect on the generation to come though? No, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not long sighted even to this day. Uh, you know, I, I have a great partner in, in Dee Dee Verney for, for these decades and, uh, he's, a, he's a lot more long sighted than me and I'm, uh, I'm a lot more of, uh, an opportunist. Uh, I'm a lot more immediate. Uh, I'm a day to day person and I, I think probably somewhere between the combination of the two philosophies or, or personalities, uh, you get kind of a, a good team because then you don't miss a day to day, but you also don't fail to plan for the future, you know? So I, mm. I think somewhere in there that kind of works. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when it, when we get two different answers from us because we're two different people and, and, and how would this have affected generations? I would have had no idea. I mean, I still can't believe how we're doing this until I look at it in hindsight and say, well, Didi planned and I took every opportunity every day and I put my hands around its neck and squeezed it till it couldn't breathe anymore. And that's really kind of how it worked for us. You know, if you put the most into that day and you're planning to be somewhere. So there's two philosophies coming in here for one kind of great result. Awesome, man. Well, uh, you guys toured down here a few years ago, and you released a, a, spe- a deluxe edition of the Electric Age, which featured uh, live tracks from the Sydney show at the Metro. What was it about that gig that made you want to release those tracks, opposed to the rest of the tour or anywhere else in the world? Well, you, you know, a, a couple of reasons. First of all, it was our first time down uh, to your island. You know, the, I think the idea was we weren't going to go in there and do those three shows and not record them. You know, we were coming out of Asia and we said, let's start recording at the Asian shows and let's make sure we get everything that we've done in Australia on tape. Because, you know, you don't want to lose that opportunity. Um, and it was never thought of to be released. It was thought of, you know, for our own prosperity to keep these things, uh, you know, for not for to share it with the world, but to say that we had this. And we realized the shows were great. And we realized the scene was great and we realized the welcome was awesome. And nuclear gave us a chance, uh, to, uh, to, for a re-release. And we said, we got to put something on here that's different and something that's special, something. And we realized we also had the Australian tapes laying around. So we decided to do it because the Sydney show, because it was our last show there. And that was kind of the idea behind the whole thing. We had the best situation at, uh, at that show. It was the best acoustic with regard to the audience mic. Uh, it was the best sounding, it was the best played, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody said, well, you know, you could have picked anywhere. I said, you know something? I Somebody asked me, what's the five best heavy metal cities I've ever been in? And I, I did it for, I think it was Noise Creep or something. Mm. And I named five right off the top of my head. And then I, I put the, a little star and I said, for honorable mention, I'd like to mention Australia and the city of Melbourne. And and somebody said, why why would you ever pick Melbourne? You've only been there once. You're releasing something from Sydney. I said, it has nothing to do with just Melbourne and Sydney. And I said, it has to do with the Australian scene. And we were having a great show. 
and we were sweating like pigs up there and slippery as lemons and sh- uh, lemmings and the, and the shirts came off. And when I start getting inspired like this, I'm going in the audience, right? Mm. So it's the last song and I launch myself into the audience and I'm coming down. I come down knee first into this, this girl's forehead, right? Never mm. saw me coming. I knock her toe. <laughs> I knock her totally unconscious. The other guys in, in, in Melbourne throw me up on top of the crowd and they put me on the stage. I send security out to get the girl. They get the girl. They put her in a seat backstage. We get the paramedics. They're on their way. I'm kneeling down in front of the girl. She comes to. She looks me right in the eye and she goes, Bobby fucking Blitz. Do you have a beer, Do you have a beer for me? <laughs> True fucking story. So this is, I'm thinking, we're talking, I'm talking to Didi, I'm like, and the Sydney show was better than Melbourne uh, with regard to our playing. I said, we got to put some fucking Australia on there, man. Those people got some hearts figured out. You know, my answer answer to it was, yes, I do, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. Hey, that's worth it. Man, that's worth a kick in the head any day. <laughs> well, when can we uh, can we expect you guys coming back down here in the near future? Well, you know, we're looking to do, you know, a full White Devil Armory tour. You know, we think that it's going to give us legs. You know, you asked me early on, what do I think of it? That for sure, I think. It's going to give us legs. Um, there, there seems to be a, a, a bright future or a bright present uh, especially for, for this kind of stuff. And I think this fits the bill. So I have, uh, we have a new agent in Europe, um, and, and our agent in America knocking on the, you know, the doors in, uh, of promoters in Australia, uh, uh, trying to get us also over to New Zealand, uh, trying to get that Pacific Rim locked up. Uh, this probably in 2015, cause we're booked, uh, 2014 out. Mm. And then a, a few months uh, uh, also in 15. But we want to get that stuff in there. So are we trying to do it? Of course. Do we want to come back, man? I mean, with uh, with with a comment like Bobby fucking Blitz, I said to myself, we got to go back to this place. I mean, this is, oh. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Man, well, we'll have the beers waiting for you. Yeah, man, it should be it should be cool. I mean, we really enjoyed there. You, you know, um, I, I think I said it in another interview. We're really – I mean, I always think of the Americans and the Australians as being cousins. There's a, there's such similarity, mm. uh, uh, between the two. And, you know, I love the balls of the country. I mean, I got, I got the, I, I got a great story. I get off the plane in Brisbane and, um, I'm, I'm heading out, uh, through immigration, uh, before my bags come, just with my carry on, cause I want to go have a Marlboro out on the parking lot, right? Mm. So I get picked up by your security force, right? And they, they, they pull me over to the side, and the, the guy's talking to me. He's a gentleman. And he said, oh, well, Miss Wellsworth, and I'm reading a book about Keith Richards. And he goes, I see you in a rock and roll band. Do we have anything else in common with Mr. Keith Richards? I said, I said, you're profiling me, aren't you? He looks me straight in the eye. He goes, yes, I am. I said, good for you. Tear that luggage apart. You're not going to find anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved it. And I said, yeah. I, this was my this was my first experience with an Australian on Australian soil, and I said, "Man, this is just fucking great." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go to the killer opening track, "The Armorist," now from White Devil Armory. Look, thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us tonight, Bobby, and uh, you know, really hope to catch you guys soon. Nev, my pleasure. I'm glad we made it happen. Uh, keep an eye out for us. We'll be heading down your way as soon as we can. Whole Foods Market knows that wellness doesn't look the same for everyone. 
For some people, it's shopping for fresh produce and organic ingredients to cook with. For others, wellness looks like stocking up on chef-prepared meals ahead of a busy week. It's supplements. It's taking some me time with a new hydrating face mask or a well-deserved bath bomb soak in the tub. Whatever wellness looks like to you, you can find it at Whole Foods Market. And that includes guidance. Ask a team member and they'll do their best to point you in the right direction. Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole at Whole Foods Market.